0: And we are so glad you're with us this morning and taking the opportunity to join us on this Tuesday morning as we take some time in God's Word. And we're going to be in Psalm chapter 37 this morning, and we're going to start with uh, one of, it's one of the most encouraging verses in the book of Psalms, and yet many would consider one of the most controversial verses in the book of Psalms. So if you're following along, we're actually just going to jump right into this. Psalm chapter 37, and uh, so I'm going to look at a verse, and what we have to do is we're going to look at the verse to talk a little bit about why some struggle with it, and then we'll have to, it's a great opportunity to learn not only a little bit of how to, you know, some lessons on interpretation and, and in context, but it's going to be a great practical truth when we see this. And so, Psalm chapter 37, verse number 25, David says this, I have been young, and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, or his seed begging bread. Now, many look at this passage and they look and say, well, God has promised through David, through inspiration of scripture, that the righteous Christians will never struggle, will never battle, will never, they and their children will never find themselves begging bread. So, if you're a Christian, you're promised that you'll never have a financial battle, you'll never struggle. And, and some of the prosperity gospels state that. Here's here's the, the other side of the coin, the battle that what call, many call make this controversial. The reason many say that is, is because like myself, I have seen people as Christians, people who go to church, people who you would say, Man, they seem they seem good. They seem righteous, if we can use the term that they're saved, and yet they're struggling. They're struggling financially and health and all of this. And, and you come down to the thinking of what the prosperity gospel people say that if you're if you're just good enough, God's going to bless you, and if you're bad if you're really bad, God's not going to bless you. I don't believe it's all what this passage is saying. It's also not a blanket statement. It's not a blanket statement that says if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and you are saved or go to church or whatever, religious or righteous or whatever term you want to use, that all of a sudden you'll never have a problem again in life. There's nowhere in Scripture that says that because there's no way that God can say that here and then later talk about how if we follow him, the world will hate us and we'll have tribulation. Uh, so we have, to, we have to look and say, then what in the world? How can we understand something when it seems to contradict parts of Scripture? So I'm going to take a minute and I want to explain a little bit uh, some things that we see in the passage in this verse that are extremely clear. And then I'm going to go to context because I think context is going to give us a huge help. The first thing we have to understand when you're looking at it, yes, the Bible's inspired and God used David. But one unique thing, you see it in the, in the Gospels. Why is it that the Gospels, four different authors, can tell, can give an account that they watched of Jesus, but yet they don't always seem to always line up? Sometimes they have different perspectives or they see things differently. Well, the clear, simple answer to that is, is God used the human understanding in his inspiration, and four different men are going to look at a situation and they're going to see certain things, say, hey, that was important to me and not maybe to someone else. Luke's more detailed as a physician, others not. So you understand that God still used, even though it's inspired the Holy Spirit was there, he used the human aspect to help us to be able to understand scripture better. So the first thing you have to see when David is, you just have to look at the beginning of the verse. David said, I, have been young, and now I'm old, and I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor he begging bread. What you see here is David's giving his example of what he has seen. David is sharing from his experience. David's not stating a promise from God. David's not stating that God has has promised this will never happen. Because remember, this same David many times was running from his enemies in obedience to God and saw turmoil. So it doesn't make sense to think that David's stating a promise when in his own life this wasn't 100% true. What David is saying, and again, we'll get the context, David is saying that I have seen the end of two different points of view. We'll see in context. And in my experience, those who choose a certain direction really enjoy the blessing of God. So let's go back and look at... Uh, what he is talking about. Uh, we could spend and read a bunch of verses. I'm not going to. I'm going to read two verses, uh, well, three coming up to it, that give us an idea of where it's coming from. And these two first two verses give us a bit of the context of this chapter. Verse number uh, see, um, 12, verse 12 of Psalm 37. The Bible says the wicked plotteth against the just and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. It talks about, and he's talking about these wicked in a lot of the passages, the wicked and being against the, the just. And, and, and then he goes on to verse 13. He says the Lord laugh, the Lord shall laugh at him for he seeth that his day cometh. So and then he continues on talking about the decisions and the direction of wicked and how the, how God works with them or how the righteous have trust in God. And, and then he goes down to verse number 23. Again, there's a lot in between there, but this all comes in the same context. Verse 23, David says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he, the Lord, delights in his way. So the steps, the direction that a good man will take, will um are ordered by the lord they follow the lord and the lord delights in the direction the good man taketh he says in verse 24 though he fall listen we're not perfect he shall not be utterly cast down for the lord upholdeth him with his hand then he goes in so what you see here is most of the chapter he is talking he started talking about how we can find rest and he finds strength in the midst of our enemies against us, and then he talks about the direction, the enemies and what they want to do. Then he gets to these verses and says, you can make a decision. Now, I'm going to take one more, th- one more point point. mention this. A lot of times that we see, we see the word righteous in Scripture. There is uh, two different aspects you can look at this. Number one is positional righteousness. When I, when I got saved, when I accepted Jesus into my sa- as my Savior, I was adopted into his family, and I was positionally given a place of righteousness. Uh, When God looks down, he no longer sees, he says, your sins and transgressions, well, I remember no more. He doesn't look down and see my sins that I still struggle with, that I still commit. He doesn't see my failures, my weaknesses. He doesn't see me as a sinner. He sees the blood of Jesus that has been shed for me, and through that, through the filter of Jesus, he sees a righteous saint. And by the way, that's positional. I did nothing to earn that, and none of that has anything to do with me, my actions, or anything. It's positional, because I can't get to heaven if that's not true of me, because all of sin comes short of the glory of God, his perfection. So Jesus imputes, the Bible says, imputes his righteousness upon me. That's positional. Now, there's also we can say practical. In my daily life, yes, I'm guaranteed a home in heaven. But in my daily life, I will make decisions, whether I will follow good or whether I will follow bad, whether I will follow Jesus or whether I will follow my flesh, whether I will honor God or honor my flesh and Satan and all those things. And yes, as a Christian, I can still choose to do both of those. The prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son is a perfect example of this. The prodigal son lives in a home that is God's. He's got wealth, he's got everything, and yet some part of him decided to leave all of it and to go live a filthy life and to come home. And, and, and so then we see the older brother bitter and angry over all of this. What we see is, yes, positionally, these men have everything you could want, but yet they still chose to go the wrong way. And, and it's in and the parable applies to all humans. So there's the practical side. And David says, listen, I want you to understand that there are two different directions you can go in your Christian journey. And he comes, so he talks about the wicked. He, and, and here's what happens. He said in the beginning of the passage, we can become envious of the wicked because it seems like they've got it better. That could be those who have chosen not to be around Jesus or those who have walked away from Jesus that and social media want you to believe everything's wonderful, that you know, man, they've, they've done so many things, but yet everything seems great. Yeah, it looks great from the outside because we're good at that. And he says, be careful. Don't envy them. He said, because God doesn't jump right away and bring down wicked because he's such a long-suffering God. He says, but when it comes, it'll be quick. When he finally brings it, it's gonna be obvious it's him because he wants them to repent. He wants them to come to him. So then he comes to this verse and he says, let me give you one clear decision. Here's what you will do. I'm gonna encourage you to do right. He says, so when you do right, understand in verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If I'm gonna please God, I gotta follow his direction. And, he, and, and, the, um, and the Lord delights in his way. So I will follow God. I will choose to be in obedience to God. Number one, obedience to his word. And then in, and then in following him, then I'm in church and I'm following what I'm learning in church, things of that nature. I'm gonna to submit to God's word, the leadership around me and what God's doing. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And that's how he uses it. Though he fall, yeah, we all mess up. He God will not utterly cast them out because even though God knows the heart, they're going in the right direction, he's going to hold them. He's going to help them. He's not looking for perfection. Then he says, now let me tell you, then he comes to experience. He says, listen, I've told you to stay away from the direction of the wicked or the carnal or whatever term we want to use, a hypocritical, whatever term. He goes, but I've also encouraged you to go the right direction. So what I'm going to do is, he goes, I'm going to kind of finish this thought or conclude this this challenge to you, the direction, the right way is following God. I'm going to give you why I think it's good from my experience. He said, I, there are some good and bad, but my experience states, he said, I have been young and now I'm old. I've lived a long life. I've seen some good. I've seen some bad. I've seen some uh, some rough. I've seen some amazing. I've seen God move, and He said, "Yet I have, ne- I have never not seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread. Those who choose the right direction." He said, "I, my experience has been, I even though the wicked boy they struggle because they've walked from God, either chosen not to follow God in salvation or walk from God." He's honest. I've seen them go that direction. Boy, it's sad. But I've watched those who follow God and choose to follow him and i have seen god's blessing in their life i've seen god's provision i've seen god's protection i've seen god do amazing things again he's talking about experience my experience has been to follow god at the end of life to follow god has been the better path than to choose to not follow god the world wants you to believe that placing your trust in jesus and following him in submission and obedience is miserable. You've got to give up so much. You've got to come to church and give up Sundays. You've got to give money to the church. You have to do all these things. And this is what Satan and the world want you to believe is miserable. And, and David is saying, listen, at the end of it all, from my experience, I can look back and tell you, God has blessed. Now, here's something I want us to really consider as we finish. I love what he says in verse 25. He goes, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken. But here's the thing, nor their seed begging and bread. Here's what I see a little bit there. I see the effect of my decision as a father to my children. That the decisions I make, and by the way, God doesn't do anything right away. You go to Galatians, you know, being undeceived, God's not mock, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. That's not immediate. You know, it's not like if I go out and do right, I get a million dollars in the bank. If I do wrong, I'm struck down with lightning. It's not how God works. I follow and trust in God, then I let God take care of it. And Much of the time, what we see God's blessing is found in our families, and our children. And my decision, through the good and bad, and how I respond to it, and how I lead my family, in putting my trust in God, not in the church, not in people, but in God, that is what my children are going to see and so I do that. My decisions today roll down to my kids and they will enjoy blessing because of my decisions. One, because they've followed. Two, because they've been around it, they can choose to follow it themselves. He said that the, the decisions I make will influence my next. But then he goes on and he says, Here, you know what, we've said all this. Let me give you two more thoughts. He goes, he, God, is ever merciful and lendeth and his seed is blessed. Verse 27, depart from evil and do good. So he goes, I've given you these thoughts. I've given you the evil and the good. I've given you the decisions you can make yourself. I've given you the reason why I believe you should do it. So make a decision and go. And this is what we choose to do. Can I, can I just give a synopsis from my point of view? Don't let the world or Satan or anyone else convince you that following God is anything but amazing. It is not always easy. It is not always the easiest path. Many times it's the more difficult path because Satan hates it. But when you follow God, there is no way. You cannot outgive give God. You cannot serve God. And God will ultimately, through all of it, bring blessing. And we look at it as, well, God will make me filthy rich on this earth. That's not what Scripture tells us. But boy, don't, don't you want to be able, if you're going to commit yourself to something, to my, you know, my retirement or my job or anything, we can commit to a lot of things in this world, but committing to God is the only one that brings personal blessing on the earth, eternal blessing. That, is worth investing in. You can, don't, don't look at the wicked. Don't look at the world and say, man, they seem to have it better. They, they will have their time. Look at God. Keep your eyes on God. Stay strong so those who are saying, I don't know which direction I should go. I thought this is right. It feels like I'm going the right way, but God's not blessing. Keep faithful, keep true, keep trusting, and keep your eyes on Jesus. And just trust Him. He will not fail you. And that is a promise, not from me, but from God. Thanks so much for joining us on this Tuesday morning and giving me the opportunity to share a few thoughts from God's word. These verses are such an encouragement to me and I hope they are to you. They're a challenge also to remain faithful and choose every day to follow him. He He won't fail you and that is because he's God and he cannot and boy, may we keep our trust in him and when we do wrong, get right with him and keep going forward and let God take care of all the other details because he's so much better than we are at it. Thanks again for joining us and giving me the opportunity to be part of your day and we look forward to seeing you next time. God bless.